today I'm just gonna head into it. Uh, hi, my name is Munch on the internet. Um, my social media uh, handle is the same. Munch, M-U-N-C-H, on the internet, one word. On all of the social media platforms. Um, this is my podcast, Tangent Training, and I'm just heading into it now. Usually I break it down, topics, three of them, yada yada, but today I'm not feeling it. So, um, I saw a video on TikTok of a woman stating that um, she got fired from her job or she got let go, not fired. She got let go from her job because of AI, um, um, which brings me back to what I've always been saying, which is learn these AI systems now. Learn them now. She was a media specialist, an advertising specialist, a copyright specialist, um, and the major free and she's a major freelancer. And these businesses are getting wise that it's freer, that it's free and easier to just use AI in their advertising, in their marketing, in their just in their media specialization and their digital organizational sections and sectors. These businesses are getting wise to the fact that they can use AI rather than um, hiring and outsourcing their work to open source specialists for for example hence she got let go and you're gonna see a lot of this popping up more and more as these texts advance and which is why i'm going to bring back the sentiment that learn all of these ai things now or you're gonna get retrenched (laughs) and that's just the simple fact um you're gonna get retrenched but you know me i don't like to look at um I don't like to hyper-focus on the AI is going to destroy the world and steal our jobs and wah, 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 wah. I like to focus on the area where how can I use this stuff to better myself or my business or the way that I function as a person. Um, I'm, and I'm using this to further highlight the video, to further highlight the importance of, of learning all of these AI stuff while you can. Because more of the stuff is going to pop up as we go along. That's what the 15th industrial revolution is about. It's shifting all the digital labor to just artificial means, to sheer automation and cutting out any middleman that could make any mistakes or uh, cost you unnecessary money. And you know businesses, they, they run entirely to save costs and maximize profits and if they don't need to pay you to do copy or digital advertising or or even just anything digitally related anymore and they can do it for free via a computer program they definitely will so you'd be the wiser person to learn the stuff and then introduce it to the workspace as, as to remain an asset to the business you're working for um and do it in an intelligent way. Uh, I don't have a, strat- a strategy for that. You can just ask ChatGPT how to do that. Um, I'm gonna give you like a prompt just to, just to kind of head you in the same in the in the right direction. I'm not a specialist in any way. I've just been test driving uh, AI and prompt generation and, and text generation since 2021 November. 
uh, before ChatGPT and stuff like this became popular. Uh, and what you can ask is, how can I leverage uh, the use of AI in my workspace? Give a slight background of what you do. Um, and how to approach the matter in a professional way to your superiors, let's say your bosses and such and such. And just, just try and implement these things and try and do them in your own way. A lot of people just cut and paste from ChatGPT, which is not okay. Um, because again, these things are AI models. Um, they are trained to seem the most aesthetically pleasing. And sometimes they can come off cold, especially if you're working with people, um, whatever the case may be. But then you can implement whatever changes that they, that ChatGPT, for example, gives you. Um, that ChatGPT is just one AI of many. There, you know me, like I said in my previous podcast episode, um, there's no best AI. You use what is helpful to you. I gave the example in my previous episode where I was using code. Now I use Bard and ChatGPT because there are things ChatGPT can't do that Bard can do and there's things Bard can't do that ChatGPT can't do. Things Bard can't do that ChatGPT can do. And I alternate between them and any other um, AI that I might be using. I'm going to be adding another one to my arsenal soon. Um, I think it's very popular but I don't think it's being used to its maximal p potential according to my views or maybe they, they don't post um, the actual way they use this AI online and this is the PDF AI more or less like the document AI you basically upload a document to this AI and then you kind of have a conversation with it people are uploading like contracts and asking them to look for loopholes um, people are uploading uh, let's say scripts or their entire modules and asking them to to be a tutor and asking the AI to be a tutor and ask you know exam questions on things that they they'll need to know for example um, and that's just a few ideas um, I think that's still a very very level because now you don't need to just upload a singular document um, and already, as soon as I said that, a lot of you just went, oh my god. <laughs> oh my god. On like, on like the insane things you could do. Uploading like literally almost anything. For example, even just your own data. Let's say your own data. Let's say you download your data from Google. Uh, you have it requested as a document or a text file. Um, you convert that text file, let's say, to a PDF. Run it through the AI. And then you just ask the simple question. I made a TikTok video about this. You ask the simple question. Um, how do I become more productive? Here is my data from Google. Um, feel free to read any of it as you please. And assist me in, let's say, set a goal. Let's say you want to make 20K. Assist me in the goal of making 20K. I have zero dollars rand to do so give me what what ideas let's brainstorm small little things like that you can start in a simple way um but again i'm gonna reiterate on my main point which is learn ai stuff learn all the ai stuff all you can coding is also uh beneficial to you 
um, it won't be relevant as far as I can understand the way this AI direction is going. Uh, learning to code, it won't be relevant anymore because there's systems that will do it 10 times better, faster, and more efficiently without error with, than people. Um, and I like the memes online on Twitter and Reddit and stuff. They're like, AI can't replace uh, coders because there's errors that come up in AI. But I've seen with AutoGPT, for example, um, where developers will feed their code and have it debugged by the AI. Um, and then have three other agents try to find vulnerabilities and improve on one another. Um, so they'll attack the code itself and then if there's a vulnerability they'll fix it and send it back and they'll attack the code again. If there's a vulnerability they'll fix it, send it back and they'll attack the code again. In a perpetual loop to, to further uh, secure the data of whatever coding project you're building um, and such and such. Uh, that's why I think I'm pretty sure that work like being a developer or software uh, engineer is going to become slowly relevant in the next, I don't even want to say five years because it's a bit closer than that right now. Um, because the video, the TikTok video um, of the lady going, hey, um, I got retrenched, uh, I'm a freelance media specialist and got retrenched because of AI is going to happen a lot more, uh, but it's going to go from the top down. Um, Labor work is going to be the very last affected because obviously AI hasn't gotten to the point where they can control machines to build stuff yet. Yet. I'm not trying to scare you. This is just me being realistic. Um, yeah. And this is going to add um, to the coming ages, especially as Neuralink starts human trials. Um for my listeners that don't know Neuralink is a company uh, completely aimed at combining the human brain uh, or basically using the mind as a user interface towards the technology via a Neuralink implant uh, they do this via a robot that is trained to do very very precise surgeries like to the point where neurosurgeons can't even like match up to the precision of this machine um, um, yeah, but basically it's a little, um, little machine, no bigger than a coin, no bigger than a coin with a bunch of threads, let's say a hundred threads, uh, no thicker than a human hair, actually three times less thicker than a human ha hair as to not interfere with the brain too much. Um, and this machine is trained to implant these wires in the brain um these wires are going to pick up the user's brain signals to run through this chip again that is the size of a coin and have it communicate wirelessly to let's say your phone or your other home gadgets your laptop or whatever it might be um as far as i know Neuralink has been fighting for a very long time to get fda approval to be able to start human trials uh, despite the, the, the safety concerns and all the allegations towards the abuse of their animals and their testings, wada wada. Um, 
but they finally got it and they're able to start human trials. Now, what does this mean for the future? Um, I doubt they're going to publicize. I highly doubt they're going to publicize the first person to get a Neuralink. Um, because it will be very, very hyper-controversial. Um, very hyper-controversial, just in general. But it's a very good step forward that Neuralink has started human trials. Um, I'm very curious on how this all will function with stuff like artificial intelligence. Um, because imagine having an artificial intelligence running um, in your Neuralink. That would be kind of cool. <laughs> kind of very cool. Uh, we've seen so many demos. I've even posted a demo of um, one of the test subject monkeys using the Neuralink. Typing out stuff. Requesting for food. Um, and the real-time feedback on the on the chip itself reading the brainwaves sending it back to the machine the machine interpreting what exactly uh, the brain is asking for and then implementing that within like fractions of a second um, within fractions of a second and I'm very too curious to, to, to finally see what that will look like for a person um, the applications for human trials hasn't been open yet as far as I know um, but I'm guessing they will soon uh, specific since they've gotten their FDA approval and stuff I'm guessing they're prepping all of that right now in the meantime um, and I'm 100% sure if not 80% sure that the first person to receive a Neuralink a, to receive a Neuralink will be someone who's petroplegic or um, who just is who's disabled, unable to use their, let's say, their legs, their arms, or their body in general. Um, and they'll use it to communicate with the real world. By then, we will have advanced in so many ways to the point where this person will be able to speak in a voice via Neuralink alone without typing out anything. And that I am 100% sure of. Um, because uh, I still have this thing, you know, if you listen to my podcast... I have this understanding that uh, more often than not private businesses, especially private tech businesses, are more advanced than they let their social media accounts show. Because if they showed how advanced their tech has become, it would be a very, very big no-no uh, in the public eye um, for obvious reasons. Some of you have your religious fears, some of you have your health fears, some of you just have both fears and some of you have other fears um and they're trying to mitigate that so they they as far as i understand these businesses kind of just like gives us give us drops and uh morsels of whatever they're working on uh but whatever they're working on is leaps and bounds more advanced than what um they're doing and they're showing us a good example that i like to use is chat gpt for example uh, i've been using something towards i've been test driving their stuff since again 2021 november um and i know that the stuff we get and use is is morsels crumbs towards the things they are already working on or using in general these private businesses just alone within their own private circle there's probably the experimental versions of uh, gpt5 for example running every day all day all the time within 
um, the open AI community, especially the, the work community, the company itself. I'm 100% sure that's the case. Um, anyways, uh, I'm very curious to see what a Neuralink uh, in tandem with a ChatGPT interface would look like or function or what it would even do uh, going forward. Um, because the world's going to change in the most insane manner soon very very soon <laughs> um and i'm going to try and work my way around the change by learning in advance what the change is i have a good idea more or less i have a very good idea more or less on how this stuff's gonna go uh, for me it's a, a matter of implementing it in the correct way uh, having timelines aligned properly and major world events um, especially since I'm working in tandem again I've been learning this AI stuff since I knew what it was um, and I'll be following all the news then that's the one of the ways you can mitigate being let's say retrenched for an AI is to follow the news on the stuff learn what it does how you can use it just in general in your everyday life learn how you can use it even if it's playful at first um rather learn now than being the victim let's say to the fifth industrial revolution uh, and i like to say in especially in season three and season two of tangent trainings that don't be the victim of the revolution rather be the head fast runner head fast runner um what I mean by that, um, a lot of people are going to, let's say, get swallowed into this vortex of, of retrenchments and company cuts just to save money and companies as they evolve. Also, they will learn more about this AI stuff and implement it. Um, rather be on the team that helps these companies implement these changes um, than being the people who are getting retrenched. Uh, because their work is no longer relevant to the business anymore or it's inexpensive because they can get an AI to do it. You see what I mean? Because um, then you remain an asset to such businesses because you have an insight to the world of, of such things like artificial intelligence and stuff. Not to such expert levels, but at least you have enough skill um, to operate within the changing world. Uh, in an efficient way and that is extremely valuable to businesses extremely extremely valuable because it means uh, you'll be able to to work in an adaptive and advancing um, world very quickly uh, as you've already learned to to equip yourself with the knowledge of these tools for example um, um, Again, coming back to learn the AI stuff while you still can, um, while it's still open source, while it's still, you know, because there's a very big move um, with a open AI at the helm to, 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 to moderate or, yeah, to moderate all of this AI stuff as it comes along. And, and the more you learn, 
the less you'll be affected by the uh, giant integral change. Um, for example, WorldCoin um, is one of the things I was speaking about in one of the previous episodes, which is a zero-proof stake um, crypto coin. Obviously, crypto is a thing because it's going to work. AI. But anyways, crypto coin developed by OpenAI. And the entire work is to to be able to split um, or create a crypto interface that'll be able to tell what is human made and what is AI made. Um, but without delving into privacy and stuff like that, they scan your iris and then destroy the data afterwards, attach it to your ID, to your digital ID. And then that is your zero proof stake ID. Wherever you might be, the idea is to pretty much have this thing where you can go anywhere and do anything without having to bring up ID of who you are or your private information. Um, especially when you're doing stuff online or whatever it might be, as to not be harvested for stuff like your data. Um, the, the idea is very simple. Again, they scan your iris, they digitize it in, in a way. Uh, they destroy the scan itself, but with the digital card, with the digital key of your iris, that'll be your digital key to just say that I am a person. Like, well, stuff like that can be copied and enter the blockchain. Hence, hence we're using the blockchain where things are unalterable, or it's very difficult, at least, to to alter such things. You need very expensive equipment, very. Uh, lucrative time and there's a lot of GPUs, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of GPUs. Which are in fact very, 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 very expensive. <laughs> but um, it's to create this thing where you don't have to bring up proof of who you are because you are proof that of who you are, especially with your world, uh, with your world ID or your world wallet. Um, entering zero proof stake so the internet will be able to tell this was made by a person this was made by an ai and even if they copy there's still a trace of your your own presence your digital presence to authenticate any movements or changes or um, transactions that take place under your name with your with your identity and such and you can unauthorize such things whenever they come up um, which I doubt they will because again it's going to be incredibly difficult to do that uh, as it is already this is going to play into tech like um, this is going to play into tech like um, okay let me put in a real world scenario uh, where this world ID this world coin is implemented directly into society let's say you have your world coin on your phone or um on an nfc tag on your body on your person uh, and you head into a store with no employees um or or human staff you grab what you need or it's a hybrid store there are human employees uh, where you can actually buy the old ways i'm guessing that's how the transition might be um but you grab what you need to in this hybrid store and you just leave and as soon as you exit the door it just deducts from your uh, world account um, 
in an authentic way, especially the authentic part. Because um, it's going to be completely tied to you. You enter work. Um, just with your phone. Without having to, to sign in on any app or such and such. As soon as your device recognizes that you are at your place of work. Um, and you, let's say, tap or whatever, connect your phone to your workstation, it'll automatically lock you in. And with your world ID, you, you get authenticated to start using the systems at work without having them pry into your personal data and your personal life as they do so, as businesses love to do, as the WHO has shown with their some of their demos of their mind-reading earphones that would theoretically employ theoretically tell your employers when you're slacking off not paying attention or you're playing video games on the computer um, um, theoretically which is hella dystopian when you think about it it's very very hella dystopian but the applications of such things could be very immense um, especially when you allow or you desire such things to be able to alter your brain functionality to be more productive let's say uh, to daydream less or or um, procrastinate less and uh, alter your brain state to automatically go into the state of flow for example whenever it needs to um, and that's just stuff on the top of my head so far um, there are more use cases obviously there are a lot more use cases um, which is why I'm not really that afraid of uh, AI taking over my job, for example. Because I'm already all over this AI tip. <laughs> all over this AI stuff. As I've always been. Um, uh, and I'll be able to, again, work with this tech to keep me not just relevant but functional and profitable as the world changes over to this digital space uh, and such and such this will work in tandem with the computer the, the network of things where communicate when all machines communicate with one another in real time um, and in like a hive mindset um, uh, and for a lot of people this is dystopian f this is dystopian f but at the same time I'm all for it because if you work with the changes, you could uh, advance in ways. You could advance in ways that are could have been unimaginable. Let's say a hundred years ago, because hundred years ago, like the very idea that a machine could do everything that everybody is doing right now was just unfoundedly insane. Unfoundedly insane. But now you can, with an internet connection and a smartphone, you can do a lot of insane and cool things. Um, one of them for me is I'm learning to code um, little by little uh, from a perspective of not being even able to code at all um, uh, with the help of AI and I want to say help as to not cheat the system because again AI is a very simple tool and it can be easily used to be more lazy or more procrastinative just in again people using it for cut paste variables in their lives 
uh, what when they what should be let's say when what they should be doing is learning on how these systems operate and why these things function when they when they output their let's say results um, of which I'm doing ugly can't wait to see what the world looks like in the next five years because it's going to be completely different completely 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 different i'm hoping it is in a good way but i will work to make sure that it is in a good way especially for myself uh, my family and our friends that i involved um yeah but that's all for me for now um hope you enjoy your day uh, have a great one. This is my stop. Thank you for riding the tangent train with me.